Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell coming to you live from the Macedon Rangers on this beautiful Thursday, the 4th of May, 2023. And when I say beautiful, uh, what I do say in the classics is uh, if you can language something, maybe if you keep languaging it and keep uh, uh, saying something, it might come to fruition because it's probably not the beautiful day that I allude to, although it's not raining, which is a positive, but it is freezing cold, 6 degrees Celsius. And uh, no sun yet, but uh, no wind at all. So uh, nice. Well, as we're heading towards winter, starting to be more of a winter's type feel to it. Uh, some of the leaves are falling off as well, getting ready for the winter months. But um, just come back from a seven and a half kilometer walk with my border collie Millie. She's now running around the backyard like a maniac, which has just got boundless amounts of energy. And I'm here doing the podcast for uh, the second time this week. Uh, I've got an interview coming up tomorrow, so please stay tuned. For that, uh, something different, but very much looking forward to delving into the story of this particular person and uh, what they do for a living and what sort of lessons we can take from uh, his experiences in uh, and how we can apply that to our own sales leadership careers, but in general, just to life. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, in today's episode, I wanted to talk about the power of influence, and the title of this particular episode is going to be Being Influential is Not rocket science. And it kind of comes off the back of yesterday's conversation where we're talking about who is it that you actually surround yourself with and being very, very clear on the type of people you want to be associated with because they do have an impact on your environment and they can have an impact on how you are perceived within the marketplace. So being really, really critical in terms of selecting those people and also thinking about if you're in a group and you happen to be the smartest person in that particular group, then it's probably time to find a new group, or at least uh, a different group, not, not to say you have to leave your existing group by any stretch, but um, if you stay within that group, uh, it starts to quell your progress, and eventually, it'll start to plateau your performance. So as exceptional sales leaders, it's always about looking for the next step, the next opportunity, the next level of performance we can get to. Now, sometimes that is a new opportunity, there's a new role, in some cases a new company, but in other situations, it's simply creating another level within your own existing uh, environment, but taking your performance to an entirely new level. So one of the things that sales letters I'm really, really big on, and I, and I talk with sales letters all the time about this, is we all want to be able to increase our influence. And when you think about what sales is, apart from at its core being problem solving, it is a high form of influence because what we're trying to do is create an environment where the person who we hope hopefully providing a service to or selling a product to, they can see that there's a problem that they need to solve and they actually get to the point where they want to solve that particular problem and therefore we have to think about how we best influence that person to come to that realization so that it is our product or is our service that fits the solution that they're looking for. So when you think about what we do on a daily basis, certainly as sales leaders, and this also flows down to your sales team as well, we all want to increase our levels of influence, whether that be people within our own team, peers that we deal with on a daily basis, any partners that we have to uh, collaborate with in order to provide solutions to the marketplace. Certainly we want to influence our customers, but also when you're thinking about, particularly in a larger, highly matrixed organizations, we want to be able to influence senior executives 
And yet many set out to do that through thinking, well, I've actually got to try and be more interesting. I've got to do and create more content, whether that be the written content or, or verbal content or visual content. I've got to try and do more telling uh, and try to impress people. Now, this may work for some, but often this influence is very, very short-lived because if you try to convince somebody, and I say this to sales teams all the time, you actually don't have anything you have to convince a customer about. By all means, you need to influence them, and the influence is about shining a light on an area that perhaps they have some lack of awareness around that highlights the fact they have a problem, and when we do that and when we can articulate that problem probably better than they can, they automatically will have a thought process in their mind that we must have a solution to that particular problem. And we'd be doing them a disservice if we didn't share that solution and give them the opportunity of making a buying decision. But when we're trying to tell people, when we're trying to convince people, it actually often comes across as disingenuous. And uh, this is where a lot of the push salespeople mentality comes from in terms of the impressions that a lot of people have around salespeople is we're trying too hard to impress people. Now, this happens internally within organizations and it certainly happens within uh, the customer interactions in many, many cases. So having worked with hundreds, if not thousands of salespeople and sales leaders and teams over the last 10, 20 years, uh, particularly in the last eight years when I've been doing facilitation and coaching and mentoring pretty much full time, I've come to realize that there is a secret to influence and it is not rocket science. And one of the key things we need to realize when it comes to influence is that it is not about you. Now, when I work with sales leaders in particular, I always talk about this towards the beginning of any session. And it's really interesting to get people's perceptions about this because when people get put into a, a leadership position, and often this could be a legitimate and uh, intentional career move, but for many people, it's almost accidental. They become a great individual contributor and then they're tapped on the shoulder and placed into a leadership position. And sometimes, I'll just say it, people get ahead of themselves and they think that because of the position, then they automatically have a level of influence that comes with that position. Now, that may work for some and it may work in some industries and in some companies, but it's also short-lived in the vast majority of cases. And this is why we see a lot of people getting put into leadership positions and not necessarily lasting the distance because they make it more about themselves. So one of the first fundamental principles around leadership is to understand that when you are a leader, you have a huge amount of responsibility and you are there to take care of the people who are in your care. You are not there to have them serve you. You are not there to be a dictator. You are not there to be a command and control operator. You are there to serve your team. So the first thing and the first secret to influence in, in my view is realizing that it's actually not about you. So you don't have to try and con convince or impress anybody because in many cases, it will actually backfire. And I've seen this happen time and time and time again, where people have gone into an environment and they've actually put on a completely different facade or a different character, depending on the environment they're going into and depending on the people within that environment who they're going to interact with. And they pretend to be somebody who they're not. Now, this might sound really beige and really boring, but if we want to increase our influence, then we just have to be the best version of us that we possibly can be. And that is be authentically you. Now, I recorded a podcast a week or so ago around just being authentically you because you don't have to pretend. Now, does that mean that you're going to resonate with every single person within that environment? Well, absolutely not. Now, if you're lucky and you strike lightning in the bottle, then maybe. You maybe go into an environment and everybody absolutely loves you because you just happen to have a, a great mix and a great match with the people who are then in that environment. But in most, in most areas of reality, there's going to be people who do not resonate 
with you. Now, I've come to realize this the hard way because I spent many years trying to, uh, let's be honest, be somebody who I wasn't so that I could fit in and fit in the mold of what I thought a leader needs to be until I realized, until I had some great feedback from some people that says, hey, people resonate with you because of who you are, not resonate with you because of who you're trying to be. So stop trying to pretend to be somebody who you are not and stop trying to convince people that you're worthy of the position that you have because people's bullshit meters are pretty good, particularly here in Australia. So don't try to be somebody who you're not. Just be you, be authentically you, be genuinely you, and also be genuinely interested in the other person. Now, this this might sound like a cliche, and that is because it is a cliche, but people may not remember what you said. And in often cases, they won't remember what you said. So not necessarily great at recalling in terms of content, but one thing they will never, ever forget is how you made them feel in that particular environment. So influence doesn't have to be rocket science. So one of the key messages out of today is to take the pressure off ourselves to have to try and impress people or think we have to try and impress people in certain environments, particularly when they're now more senior people or if they've got more experience or they have a bigger profile than us. You don't have to match it with that person and don't try to compare yourself with anybody else. So it is not rocket science. But I want to talk about a few principles that seem to be and this is my experience, seem to be only well known to a small group of people because there are so many leaders out there that are running around, walking around, going into different environments, trying to be somebody who they are not. So if you're a leader or a sales leader who is looking to skyrocket your influence, uh, consider these principles and consider putting these principles in place. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I'm very, very big on reflection time for leaders, particularly sales leaders, and taking 30 minutes per week to sit down and reflect on the week's just been. This is the perfect opportunity to start thinking about how is my influence going right now? How do I increase and exert my influence? What sort of blind spots do I potentially have? And really sit down and think about these principles because if we can become more intentional as leaders thinking about these particular things and put them into practice on a more consistent basis, you'll be absolutely blown away by how incredible your influence is going to grow. But please do not make the mistake that a lot of people do, and that is think that this is too easy. Because on the surface, these look like relatively easy things to implement. They're relatively common sense-based principles, but as we all know, common sense uh, in terms of knowledge is not necessarily common sense in terms of implementation. So this is by no means an exhaustive list, but you could probably have have uh, a few others added to this. And if you are right now really happy with your level of influence, then use this as a bit of a, a check against a check and balance against what you're doing right now. And uh, maybe there's some things that you're not doing. There's maybe some things that you are doing that you can add to this list as well. But there's always another level to get to, but it's always about thinking about, as a leader, how can I continue to increase my level of influence? So here are 10 principles to consider. Number one, it is not about you. It is all about the other person. Now, I say to leaders all the time that your leadership position is not about you, never has been about you, and never will be about you. It is all about your team. And you need to also understand that your team is and always will be a reflection of you. So if you're not liking what you're seeing in your team, then chances are there's some things that you're putting in place. And sometimes this is not necessarily visible to the other other members of the team. It's stuff that you're doing perhaps behind closed doors, or it could be as simple as your patterns of thinking and your, your patterns of self-talk that can start playing out in your team because there are some selfish, selfish leaders out there that make it all about them and they wonder why their team's performance is up and down 
like a yo-yo. So if you're an incredible influencer, if you're an exceptional leader, you do know that it is not about you. It is all about your team. It's all about the other person. Number two, maintain an attitude of gratitude. Now, this might sound a little bit wanky and I get that, but just being really grateful for every situation that you find yourself in, every problem that is put in front of you, and certainly every opportunity that is given to you and given to your team. If you go through the day with uh, an air of expectation and a sense of gratitude that everything is there for a particular reason and you're looking for the seed of the opportunity that comes out of that, you're going to be grateful for every single experience and it's going to come across as that to other people. Now, I was doing a, a program for a group, of, uh, a group of technical leaders the other day and we were talking about resilience and how that as human beings, we are pretty much hardwired to believe the negative. So we tilted towards the negative and being positive and being optimistic is something we have to really work hard on tangibly and intentionally. And sometimes this attitude of gratitude has to be almost manufactured, but it's not manufactured at the point where you're faking it. It is being genuinely thoughtful and genuinely grateful for the things that happen to you throughout the day. Now, if you can get to the end, I'm not going to necessarily suggest you sit down and start creating a gratitude journal, but if that's something you want to do, then absolutely go nuts. But it's simple things like at the end of the day, being really thankful and being really intentional to say, what are the things that happened today that I was really grateful for? Now, that could be I was grateful that I was able to get to work on time. I was grateful for the opportunity to have a conversation with that particular customer. I was grateful for the person who came to me with a challenge where perhaps three months ago they would have thought uh, differently about coming to me because of how I made them feel in that particular environment. So I've grown. So be very, very grateful for that. So maintaining an attitude of gratitude is something we can never, ever uh, underestimate. Now, link to point number one, where it's all not about you, it's all about the other person, is point number three is when you are with people, please be with people. There is nothing worse than seeing a leader or two people sitting down having a conversation with each other or what appears to be a conversation and either one of them or both of them are completely distracted by other things. And it could be simple thought patterns. It could be a device such as an iPad, a computer, a telephone, whatever the case might be. And interestingly, both of these people are probably thinking, hey, I'm having a great conversation. I am being, quote unquote, present with this particular person. That is not happening. The greatest gift you can give another human being, particularly people in your environment, is the gift of your attention, which stands to reason that you need to be genuinely interested in the person who's in front of you at that particular time and treating every single person with respect. And this one's probably a huge one that's very, very easy to overlook because as we get into leadership positions, senior leadership positions, time becomes very, very um, of the essence in terms of we tend to have a lot less time or at least the perception of a lot less time because there's more responsibility, more expectations. And it's quite easy to overlook things because we're always in our head. We're always thinking ahead of what I've got to do the next half an hour, the next meeting or the next conversation, et cetera, et cetera, and not be fully present with the person who is in front of me. Now, I've seen many, many examples that, and I've got more examples that are really horrendous, but there's a couple of positive examples that really stand out. And there's a couple of executives. One is the CEO of Optus back in the day when Optus first came around, a guy by the name of Bob Mansfield. Uh, he was running a multi, multi, multi-million dollar company, even at its inception. And whilst he had still hundreds and hundreds of people in the organization, he made it his business when he came and visited us. And he was in Sydney, we were in Melbourne. He would make it a priority to come and visit our floor and have a conversation, ad hoc conversations. But he would remember your name and how he made you feel in that particular moment. He made you feel as if you were the most important person in his world at that time. Now, 
I can only go by my own experience. I know he was genuine. He treated everybody with respect, irrespective of whether you were the person in the mailroom, whether you were a team assistant, whether you were a senior executive, whether you were a team leader, it didn't matter. And Bob would remember your name. So do that. Make that a priority and be unrelenting in that because I keep saying to people, and, and Bob was a fantastic role model for me in the early days, and he taught me some really, really valuable lessons just by me observing him and how he went about it. He was a CEO, but he put the title to the side and he was actually genuinely interested in every single person he came into contact with. And through that process, he became very interesting to those particular people. So with, when you're with people, be present and be genuinely interested. Point number four, when you are with people, please ask some insightful and curious-based questions. Don't just do all the telling. Ask questions. You'd be amazed at what you can find out from people, not in a derogatory way, but find out in terms of having a genuine interest there might be some stuff that you know about people that others don't know because of your ability to ask great questions, because you're generally interested. And when you ask those questions, link to point number five, listen. Now, listen to it as well. And this is where integrity comes in because sometimes because you have created such a great environment, people feel almost compelled to share with you information that perhaps they've never shared with anybody else because they trust you. Now, we have to be, as leaders, we have to be a vault. And this is also another thing that can increase our levels of influence as well because when people share stuff with you, if that doesn't go anywhere else, that is held in high esteem and that is held like a vault and it doesn't go anywhere, your level of influence and your level of trust goes up immeasurably in the eyes of the person you're having that conversation with. So truly, truly listen. And just think about it. Your own experiences when you're with somebody who makes you feel really uh, comfortable where you're sharing stuff but they genuinely listen to everything you're saying how does it make you feel? That is what you're trying to create as a leader. Number six, point number six is be authentically you, irrespective of the environment. And it goes back to Bob. And Bob taught me this. No matter where you go, you are you. Just be you. Don't pretend to be anybody that you're not. So one of the things I pride myself on now, whether I'm doing a podcast, whether I'm interviewing somebody on a podcast, whether I'm on the weekend taking care of the female footy team up here in Gisborne, whether I'm doing a workshop, whether I'm doing coaching one-on-one, whether I'm in the coffee shop or walking down the street or in the supermarket, I'm exactly the same. And I've often had comments from people to say, hey, I heard you on the podcast, I saw you run a workshop, and then I had a conversation with you, and you were the same every single time. And I take that as a great compliment because it's something that I work really, really hard on because I don't have to pretend to be anybody that I'm not. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to resonate with absolutely every single person? Absolutely. Do I need to resonate with every per- every person? No, because my attitude now is I will resonate with the people who I need to resonate with, and the ones that I don't, that's okay. They'll probably, hopefully, resonate with some of the things that I say, but maybe there's some other people in their environment that they're going to more easily resonate with, and that's okay as well, as long as they're continuing to look to improve themselves. So I don't, I mean, again, it comes back to the point that I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything, and I'm not trying to impress upon anybody anything. So I'm not projecting, hey, you have to listen to me because I'm the guru of sales or I'm the exceptional sales leadership guru uh, and you should listen to me. That is just absolute rubbish. I'm passionate about sales leadership. I'm passionate about sales, but I'm just me. So, uh, and interestingly, because of that, I don't have to work as hard. Now, I work really hard at my craft. I keep looking at how I can improve, but I don't have to pretend. And that, I think that level of genuineness, that level of authenticity can come across. And through that process, funnily enough, my influence starts 
to increase. So be authentically you, irrespective of the environment. Number seven, uh, another really important principle, do not compare yourself to anybody else. And I think in sales in particular, we run the risk of actually when we're looking at competitive environments, and a lot of sales organizations do this, they have the league ladder, and they try to promote this internal competition that, oh, you want to be number one, and therefore you've got to be as like, got to, got to be like Sally, or got to be like Johnny, got to like, like Dave over there, he's doing a fantastic job, and He's currently number one, and if you want to knock him off the perch, you've got to be, almost do what he does. And, and sometimes you can create this environment where people cannot help but compare themselves to other people. And you see this all the time, particularly on social media, and whether it's Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, there are so many so many people trying to impress upon others, hey, listen to me, and it's almost like shouting, look at me, look at me, look at me. And they appear to be successful on the outside, and, and people look at that, and people who are very impressionable, who are not looking at, okay, what are the qualities in this person I want to emulate or start to model, they start to compare themselves with other people. And particularly when they see these guys with what would consider to be the material trappings of quote-unquote success. They might be standing in front of a nice car or a big house and think, wow, follow me because if you do this, you can have this as well. And so people start to compare themselves and they say, well, I could never be like that person. That's dangerous. So by all means, look at people in terms of role models, but look at people, not so much you can copy them, but model what are the strategies that you they are deploying and what are the strategies they're using that are getting the results that they're getting and how can I start to adapt to some of those strategies and implement those for myself, but how do I model the behavior? And if I model the behavior, I should be able to insert that strategy and get a same result or at least a similar result, but never ever play the comparison game because it's not it's not a good ending. Always come back to the fact that, hey, I am me. I'm going to work really hard on being as authentically myself as I can. I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to be full of integrity. I'm going to be ethical. And, hey, also know that I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, resonate with every single person. So don't, don't compare yourself with anybody. And I often say to people, the only person you really need to compare yourself to is the person that's sitting in the chair that is looking at the mirror. And the person in the reflection is the only person that you need to compare yourself to. And from that perspective, it's a case of, well, am I getting better today than I was yet yesterday? Am I continuing to seek to improve tomorrow? And what can I work on today so that I can be better tomorrow and the day after? So never compare yourself to anybody else. Point number nine, celebrate other people's success and achievement. And this is sometimes really indelibly linked to point number seven, comparing yourself to others. Because sometimes you see people who are in your team or in your environment and they appear to be very successful and jealousy can come in. So by all means, uh, look at how people have done things, but instead of getting jealous by other people's achievements, how about we celebrate it? How about we celebrate other people's success and their achievements and find out what it was that they did that got them that result? What was their thinking patterns, right? What sort of challenges did they overcome? Because often you're going to find some great stories and some great ideas and some great principles that you can insert into your own life, into your own career that might help you get over some of the challenges you might be experiencing right now. So instead of being jealous of other people's success, um, how about you start to celebrate other people's success? And this is one of the things that as sales leaders in particular, we can make a big deal of because often in sales teams, we tend to only celebrate the big deal. So you might have the bell that people ring when they got that multi-million dollar deal. How about we start to ring the bell for a salesperson who's relatively new, who's got their first deal and that deal might be 10 grand. Great. Ring the bell, celebrate it, put them up on a pedestal and congratulate them because they, they will feel so great for having get that get that recognition from not just you, but also from their team. So celebrate that and make it, a, make it your business to do that. Point number nine, 
be consistent. So all of the stuff we've already talked about, just be consistent. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I talk a lot about consistency and how consistency, whilst it may not be a sexy word, it may not necessarily be a charismatic word, it is a word that no doubt delivers results because if we can be consistent over time, a thing called compound interest starts to come in. So whether it be money you're talking about, be consistent in terms of investing, be consistent in terms of saving, but also in terms of effort, over time it starts to compound and there's exponential growth that starts to be developed if you can remain consistent. And the last last point, point number 10, is please detach from the outcome. So if we're wanting to increase our, our influence, don't make it a big deal. Don't put so much pressure on having to get the perfect outcome because the outcome is the outcome. By all means, have the intention. By all means, have an idea as to what the outcome is and what you're shooting for, but detach yourself from the pressure of having to achieve the perfect outcome because a lot of people are going to be looking at you certainly as a senior leader as a sales leader as to how you deal with success but also how you deal probably more importantly with lack of success or failure or mistakes so being able to detach from the outcome says you can actually be a little bit more pragmatic a little bit more um, objective with what happens and through that process you'd be amazed at how you can start to influence people not so much through what you say but through the behaviors you demonstrate when something happens because you're not so attached to that particular outcome. So nothing really has meaning until we make it mean something, which is a which is an old saying as well, but it's it's so true, particularly in, in sales. So if you don't win that big deal, it's, uh, it's how you react and how you choose to respond to not winning that deal that will often uh, increase the level of influence you have on your team. Because remember, people are watching your every move. So there are 10 key principles. You might have some others that you may wish to add. But these 10 are the ones that I keep forefront of my mind pretty much every single day and something I continually work on because I'm always looking at how I can increase my influence, not through telling people, but through how I can actually live these principles and through that process, increase my level of influence. So I trust that message helps and I trust these principles can be helpful in your quest to become an exceptional sales leader and in the process help your team do exactly the same become exceptional in what they do so as we wrap up this episode if there is a hint of interest uh, if there's something in the back of your mind thinking well i'm not quite sure how i can take my leadership to the exceptional level and i'm not quite sure how i can extract even more potential out of my team maybe i'd like some help in doing that if you'd like to have a conversation with me about potentially helping you do just that helping you become exceptional in your sales leadership but helping your team drive some exceptional results as well. I'd love to have a conversation with you about helping you out. So simply go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, map out a plan, and start the execution strategy ASAP. So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.